Thank you, Yaqub and, and Faisal for organizing this conference. Um, I really think that, you know, as uh, uh, Chris also pointed out, uh, uh, Faisal's book where he mentions that Pakistan uh, does not seem to have any history. It's all about successive regime changes which have taken place and very little uh, which has been done on the history of ideas and other developments which have been taking place. And still there is, I think, a lot to be done. Uh, Pakistani students need to catch up with uh, their counterparts in India who have been writing about marginalized groups, tribal revolts, uh, Adivases, and other uh, disenfranchised communities. So that's still a long way to go. Mm -hmm. Now, a little background about this paper. You know, this, uh, uh, recently there was a snapshot which was being circulated uh, on social media. So this is a list of holidays, uh, which were gazetted holidays in Pakistan for the year 1953. If you look closely, I don't know if it's very much visible, but anyways, I'll... Uh, so it, it, uh, the official holidays which were being celebrated in Pakistan in 1953, so there was a holiday for Holi, Easter, uh, Besakhi, um, and uh, Dussehra, and Akhri Chahar Shamba, and no, but that's, in, in many ways, it's an Islamic holiday, and, and Diwali. So, uh, so these were, the, just to give you an idea, that's 56 years after Pakistan's creation, a number of, uh, let's, if you want to call it Hindu holidays, were being celebrated in Pakistan. Um, and it became so popular, it became so viral that uh, someone using RSS uh, Twitter handle, even they retweeted that. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know what they were thinking and they wanted this kind of, you know, gharwapsi uh, kind of a thing uh, <laughs> for holidays in Pakistan. So my uh, own uh, paper is going to be about how uh, these concept of holidays, they can be used to understand the processes of identity formation which have taken place uh, specifically in Pakistan. Uh, so, so this article contributes to academic literature on the project of identity formation in a post-colonial nation state. The article argues that the selectivity of the process whereby certain aspects of the past are emphasized through <coughs> commemoration or celebration of events while others are ignored or suppressed are both parts of the same process which seeks to give a certain direction to the narrative about the history of the nation and the nation state. These aspects of uh, national memory and amnesia have been explained through the prism of uh, national holidays while it's foregrounding the case study of uh, Pakistan. So I'll argue that while this process of shaping a specific narrative is common to every project of identity formation, its uh, peculiarity is more pronounced in a post-colonial state like Pakistan, which has certain cut-off dates and ruptures, but is simultaneously eager to emphasize certain continuities in its uh, trajectory and antiquity in historical tradition. The study of the process of developing a national calendar in case of Pakistan will show that identity formation is a transient process in which various uh, identitarian values, political considerations, and social processes play an important part. In particular, it requires an attempt on the part of the state to try and impose a homogenizing uh, historical narrative <coughs> by envisaging a national calendar, that is, by announcing a national or public holiday. Uh, this help accord prestige to persons credited as founding fathers or ideologues uh, ascribe solemnity to drays remembering wars and festivity to mark independence or religious occasions. By discussing uh, these themes in detail, so while, uh, what I try to do is to explore the study of the history of national calendar as an alternative lens through which to look into the processes of identity formation in post-colonial nation states in, uh, in, in general. Um, uh, by <coughs> what I mean by you know national holiday is uh, holidays declared by the state on such occasions which contribute to a particular understanding about the historical background of the state or the kind of ideology which the state seeks to project about itself and contribute towards the project of uh, national identity formation. 
Uh, this underscores the constructedness of the concept of national holidays. They are also arbitrary in nature as state opts to include only those events which can fit into um, what uh, Yael uh, Zerubbabel describes as commemorative master narrative. According to Yael, uh, the construction of the master commemorative narrative exposes the dynamics of remembering and forgetting that underlies the construction of any commemorative narrative. By focusing attention on certain aspects of the past, it necessarily covers up other that are deemed irrelevant or disruptive to the flow of the narrative uh, and ideological message. Uh, this, re unquote, this restructuring of the past enforced through commemorative narrative is created out of its uh, own version of historical time, whereby certain historical events are erased or emphasized or given wholly new uh, meanings. Uh, the constructed and transitory nature of this discursive process means that there is always a possibility of alternative commemorative narrative to the one which the state tries to impose. Uh, the commemorative narrative is thus a contested field where issues relating to the interpretation and appropriation of the past are played out. And you can find these examples in so many uh, parts of the world. So for, uh, a recent example would be uh, uh, modern Turkey, where since the rise of Islamist parties in the late 1990s, they have been focusing on uh, themes or events relating to Ottoman history. And they have been celebrated at a mass level, at national level, uh, just to, you know, uh, to challenge the kind of Kemalist ideology which, had, which was largely uh, emphasized in amnesia about Ottoman past uh, and to project Turkey as a modern uh, republic. So as Yael points out, the, the act of introducing a unique national calendar is functionally analogous to acts such as introducing a national anthem, flag, costume, or dish. This calendar is an official document as holidays are publicly announced and administratively registered in, in government uh, uh, gazettes. And you know these lists are announced at the beginning of, uh, of every year. Now in case of post-colonial, and one can say that, okay, this is not something which is peculiar to post-colonial nation states. Uh, all, all states in the world, they have their own uh, uh, calendars, their uh, events which are celebrated, the holidays which are uh, announced. Uh, one can say that uh, England, in, in some cases, uh, people have pointed out, uh, David <coughs> Cressy has pointed out, that England has a more unique kind of a case where you do not have these kinds of, uh, uh, you know, ruptures, you know, you, uh, as compared to, let's say, France mm -hmm. and USA. So France can still celebrate uh, 1789 as a you know as a point of departure uh, Americans can do the same with regard to war of independence but when it com comes to England it's difficult to f to pinpoint a founding moment of uh, the formation of, uh, of British state and you know uh, things like so that's why such things as the ascendancy um, or, or the, the, the you know the, the, the death of, of a king or a queen or the ascendancy of a king or queen uh, that can become a moment of uh, national holiday uh, in case of post-colonial nation states, the arbitrariness of shaping a commemorative master narrative through a national calendar is more pronounced as rupture and continuity figure prominently and simultaneously. As uh, Pierre Noah has pointed out, modern nations celebrate birth rather than origins to project a sense of historical discontinuity. According to Yael, birth symbolizes at one and the same time a point of separation from another group and beginning of a new life as a collective unity with a future of its own. Now, other than uh, you know the process of identity formation, they, uh, the holidays uh, marked as national usually hold a certain performative aspect as well. The post-colonial state, in particular, to use Laura Adams' work, is a spectacular <coughs> state. This is because such events are accompanied by display of state power through military parades, 
show of patriotic fervor through national <coughs> flags and anthems and so on. Such techniques serve as means of communication with the citizenry and, and sensitize them with the immediacy and authority of the state. For such performative aspects of national holidays, Charles Turner has used the term commemoration, and he describes it as all those devices through which a, na a nation recalls, marks, embodies, discusses, or argues about its past, and to all, all those devices which are intended to create or sustain a sense of belonging or we feeling in the individuals who belong to it, a sense of belonging which may or may not provide for a means of addressing future tasks and possibilities." Uh, unquote. And similar thing has been pointed out um, uh, uh, by Shirupa Rai, uh, who's worked on uh, the rituals of national commemoration um, in case of, uh, of India, uh, where she says that uh, they perform two different but related functions. They project a seamless, linear, and teleological narratives of national time, which has a homogene homogenizing effect insofar as these rituals are performed every year and showcased as uniformly significant to all the members of the nation. Second, it helps give shape to a national, nationalist communal solidarity across uh, uh, time and space. It is through repeatedly encountering rather than believing in the official imagination of nationhood, says Roy, through recognizing <coughs> the sights and sounds of the state rather than buying, its, buying into its uh, mythologies that the nation state is formed and reproduced." Unquote. Uh, and this is, I think, people who have uh, experience of growing up and living in India and Pakistan can see that. Uh, in case of India, the Republic uh, Day is 26th January, uh, and there's a Republic Parade. <coughs> in case of Pakistan, it's 23rd March. And both in case of Pakistan, the Republic Parade has not been happening for the last 10 years or so because of security reasons. But uh, it's, uh, it largely is, is about a display of state power where uh, both India and Pakistan they display the latest uh, missile, missile technology and, and tanks and anti-aircraft guns. Uh, so that's you know, one way of uh, communicating the authority of the state um, uh, you know, on such, uh, such occasions. Now, in case of, of Pakistan, like other post-colonial states, which I have pointed out, had certain ruptures in its history. Um, and 1947 was obviously one such cut-off date. So um, from the very beginning, you know, and it's uh, during uh, Jinnah's lifetime uh, as well, that it was decided that Pakistan should uh, uh, commemorate its independence on uh, 14th August rather than 15th August, in, even though it did not really make any chronological sense whatsoever because the lapse of British paramountcy took place on <coughs> the midnight of 14th to 15th August and not before that. But it was... Uh, purposefully done uh, in consultation with Liaquat Ali Khan and uh, between Liaquat Ali Khan and, and Jinnah that this is uh, how Pakistan should uh, go about it to emphasize its uh, uh, distinctness. Now after 47, what Pakistan, the government of Pakistan uh, ha has, it's largely a continuation of, of British policy. Uh, they, uh, and the government of Pakistan has recognized two kinds of holidays. One is closed holiday, the other one is called optional holiday. The closed <coughs> holiday could only be declared by the central or federal government, and it covered the entire um, country. It was akin to the concept of public or national holiday, which emerged in post-colonial uh, situation. And, uh, and <coughs> from the very beginning, you know, uh, uh, there were various uh, groups, various, com various communities uh, living in Pakistan who wanted their festivals to be included in the list so that they could be, uh, they could be celebrated as national festivals as well and the first one to to petition uh, the government for, uh, uh, for 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 such a cause were the parsis and the parsis demanded that one of their 
um, festivals should also become a part of uh, the, the national holiday list so that you know they can feel included um, <coughs> in, in, in the state of, uh, of, of Pakistan. And one interesting thing which I forgot to mention about uh, uh, and uh, yeah, so they, they were asking for uh, basically Noroz and Khurded uh, Sal to be included in the list of national holidays. Uh, and eventually it was decided that uh, since Parsis are mostly important in the financial sector, so it can simply be an optional holiday in Lahore and Karachi. Because this is, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and with regard to 14th August, I mean, I find it very interesting that the the official uh, papers, oh, official Jinnah papers, which have been published, edited by um, uh, Zawarus and Zaidi. Zawarus and Zaidi makes a point, makes it a point that he mentions whenever he's writing the preface introduction, he writes uh, 15th August, uh, Independence Day of Pakistan. So these are the official Jinnah papers published by the federal government of Pakistan. And he, take, he made it a point to, to defy the kind of uh, you know, uh, an, you know, chronology which the state wants to, to project. Um, so now, in, in, in addition to you know the the list of uh, um, national holidays, there were optional holidays for uh, for for employees, and which included a number of uh, um, festivals which uh, could not possibly have <coughs> included in uh, um, in the federal list. Now, uh, the, the f uh, and there was different interesting debates which came up uh, almost immediately afterwards. So one was in 1950s, uh, which started with you know when Liaquat Ali Khan was assassinated. Uh, there was a demand, strong demand, that his assassination should be uh, celebrated, uh, remembered as a national holiday. And uh, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, uh, and for the first year, actually, um, following his death, uh, tragic death, there was uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a national holiday. <laughs> there was a national holiday which was uh, announced, but not for subsequent years. Um, but interestingly, King George's death was announced as, as a national holiday as well. Uh, but uh, then, you know, but Pakistan had not become a republic uh, by then. Uh, the very, you know, the one which I find really interesting is the demands for a national holiday for, for Iqbal. Uh, and that issue came up, uh, no surprises, that Punjab demanded that Iqbal being a, an idol rock for Pakistan and the national poet of Pakistan, uh, his birth or death anniversary should be celebrate uh, uh, be commemorated at uh, national level and there should be a national holiday so then the immediate demand came from east pakistan that why not nazrul islam um, and the this official response was that nazrul islam has hasn't done much for <laughs> pakistan, for pakistan uh, and for islamic ideology and that uh, iqbal and nazrul islam cannot be at uh, the same level and this was eventually allowed for west pakistan government uh, to have its own after one unit was announced in 55. So West Pakistan government uh, used to have a holiday at the provincial level uh, in, in West Pakistan, uh, but uh, uh, not in East Pakistan. And uh, this was finally resolved in post-1971 uh, when there was no East Pakistan. So then, you know, it was possible to declare, uh, um, you know, Akbar Day as one of the holidays, which has only recently been reversed, actually. This happened this last year. And there was some controversy and people objected to that, that why is it that Iqbal Day is not being celebrated in Pakistan anymore? Uh, the government's uh, uh, you know, stance was that there are already too many holidays and we need to, need to work more. And this idea <laughs> is actually coming from uh, starts with Ayub Khan. And uh, as soon as you know, he took over, 
in October, uh, I suppose, 58. Mm. In December 58, there was a cabinet meeting. And the idea, the two points which were discussed, the one was uh, the number of holidays for which the taxpayer has to pay should be reduced to the minimum, compatible with the religious and national requirements of the people of Pakistan. Uh, and B, religious holidays which are of significance only to minority groups should continue to be enjoyed by such minorities without their, being, uh, without their becoming an occasion for a general holiday. So this shift actually takes place, uh, surprisingly, you know, people tend to identify Yu Khan as, as a modernist or some kind of a secular uh, ruler. Uh, it starts with uh, post-58 um, in the 1960s that the national calendar was uh, largely revised uh, in, in Pakistan. And uh, so, and, and East Pakistan, the government of East Pakistan objected. They said we cannot cut down on the number of uh, uh, holidays for Dusara, Holi, and uh, other such, uh, uh, you know, uh, events. And in fact, they said we need more holidays uh, because it's our cultural thing. We need to have more holidays for Miraj, for Eid Milad, for, for Eid, uh, because these are cultural uh, events. Um, and there was, you know, it's not really, um, um, not mincing any words, uh, in, in documents you <coughs> find the government of Pakistan saying that uh, uh, East Pakistanis are, are lazy, that they are, you know, having way too much holidays because uh, 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 I think their, their, theirs were about 30 holidays in all uh, and they wanted to <laughs> bring it down to something between 12 to 15. Uh, and so there was a huge, you know, uh, uh, an issue with that. And it, on top of it, Ayub Khan had his own vision of the state. He wanted to include certain other holidays. So, for example, to mark the Revolution Day when he took over. Uh, uh, so that was uh, celebrated in the 1960s as long as he was in power. And then uh, Defense Day in 1965 uh, to com commemorate the war of 1965, which uh, uh, he thought he had won. So, <laughs> so, uh, so th th this is how you know the trajectory goes on, and then again, uh, things change post seventy one. In post seventy one, um, you know, it's the, the first time that uh, Pakistan celebrated May one as a national holiday was in nineteen seventy two. That corresponded with uh, Bhutto's own uh, Islamic socialism and his vision. Uh, so, uh, so Labor Day was, uh, uh, and also it reflected. Uh, you know the shift which Pakistan was making in in its preferences uh, during the Cold War, um, and uh, and since Pakistan had largely left uh, U.S.-led defense pacts, whether they were CETO or CENTO, so they were trying to move away from U.S. influence and uh, uh, you know seek uh, other kind of uh, uh, alliances. Um, since 1980s, then you know there have been uh, other issues which have come up, which are of, of importance, and that is largely you know sectarianism. Uh, the, the emergence of Sipa Sahaba, for example, now Sipa Sahaba did not necessarily have a lot of uh, electoral strength, but in an era of 1990s when they were instable coalition governments, their support was considered very important. And uh, they, they had a very long-standing demand that uh, the, uh, the, uh, the martyrdom of, uh, of Sunni caliphs should be, uh, you know, uh, should be a national holiday. And uh, at times it did happen uh, that first Muharram, which is the martyrdom of Caliph Umar, was declared as a national holiday. But then the government compensated by, given, by giving uh, uh, a national holiday on, on Chihlum of Imam Hussain. Now the Chihlum of Imam Hussain has always been there on the list, but it has not been uh, a national holiday. It has moved of, uh, of an optional and uh, 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 you know, optional holiday. 
So this is, you know, the, the larger kind of trajectory which has been taking place. So I'll, I'll skip uh, the, the rest of it. And this is how it looks like for the year 2013 that you will see uh, wholly the Sahara, uh, everything is gone. And now what we're left with is Eid Milad Nabi, Kashmir Day, Pakistan Day, Labor Day, Independence Day, Eid, Ashura, Qaid uh, Azam Day. And I think this is wrong. This is no day after. Yeah, there's day after Christmas, but for oh, Christians Christmas only. Yeah. And there used to be a New Year Day holiday, but that has also been uh, uh, been removed. And it, it's interesting to, and these are all the other, which used to be once part of the national calendar, have become part of the optional holiday list. Uh, whether it's Basant Parchami or uh, Holi, Dulhandi, Easter, Good Friday, Besakhi, everything else, uh, you know, either is one for high community, has been shifted to the list of optional holidays. Uh, which are, you know, the members of that particular religious community, for example, uh, Sikhs can make use of Guru Nanak's birthday uh, and take a day <laughs> off. But it's not part of the national uh, calendar anymore. And one can uh, quickly make a comparison with the kind of uh, holidays which have come up in, in uh, Bangladesh, for example, that uh, um, it's just a great kind of a comparison, juxtapos uh, juxtaposition with, with Pakistan that it's entirely based on... Uh, uh, and the negation of Pakistan's commemorative uh, narrative that February 21st is when language or language rights took place, March 26th when the Bangladeshi flag was, you know, was raised, March 17, uh, Banga Bandhu's birthday, and, you know, you come down to 16 December and, you know, uh, 15th August when uh, uh, um, uh, Sheikh Mujib and his family, they, they, were, they were killed. So, so this is, you know, uh, that gives you an idea that in, in this kind of a national narrative or commemorative narrative, the other... Uh, uh, the focus is on struggle, uh, you know, independence, martyrdom. Uh, so this is the national history which has been shaped, which has been shaped in case of... So the idea, the, the point being that the list of holidays can actually give you an idea about the kind of narrative which a state is, kind, is trying to promote, um, uh, which in case of Pakistan is, 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 uh, uh, does not really have these kind of ingredients which you find in case of, uh, uh, of, of Bangladesh. So I'll, I'll you know, quickly end here. Thank you.